<laughs> is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to Globe Change. Globe Change is a Uniqlob podcast in collaboration with Next Step and Michael Waits Media. It's in the name. Uniqlo is Thailand's first student-run organization to provide university application and other insights through events and its online platform. And Next Step, who sponsors this, is an advanced experiential learning organization based in Asia, providing internships, study abroad programs, and learning expeditions for high school students, university students, and businesses. The Globe Change podcast features stories of accomplished and inspiring Southeast Asian high school graduates that are now in colleges and universities across the globe. That includes you. And on this episode, I am joined by Chie Kameyama. Chie, how are you? I am good. How are you? I am super. Look, just for a little bit of context, why don't you tell me where you are from? Okay. So <laughs> I'm Japanese. Right. Um, but I was born in Germany. And I, and then right after I moved to, we moved, like my entire family moved back to Japan. And I lived there until I was eight years old. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. And then I moved to Singapore, where I lived there for until I was 16. Okay. And 16 to 18. So for the last two years of high school, um, I lived in Bangkok. So you lived in Japan until you were eight years old after being born in Germany. I presume you didn't live in Germany for that long before you moved back to <laughs> Japan. Yeah. No. Yeah. I lived there for like maybe two, three months. <laughs> I okay. don't know if that counts. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. I think it's, it makes part of the story interesting, right? Where in Japan did you move back to? Uh, Kanagawa. Kanagawa. Okay, Near so Tokyo. close. Yeah. yeah, close to Tokyo. So did you go to school, like kindergarten and first and second grade and stuff in Kanagawa? Yeah, yeah I did, actually. I was in the local Japanese system until I was, yeah, until I was eight, yeah. So just regular, like, yochien and then just yeah. regular school kind of thing. yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. So then, then you moved from there to where you said? I moved to Singapore, where I went to three different schools. <laughs> did you really? I did actually, because I went to first when I first moved to Singapore. Um, I went to Japanese school for maybe one or two years, and then wow. I moved to an international school. So, so when you, when you moved to international school, were you an English speaker? Uh, no, but not I at all, though, right? Zero, like I didn't know how to say anything. <laughs> so, but that means you were like ten or eleven years old and just put into an international school, right? Right. Yeah, what, I think what, I was about twelve. Yeah. What was that like? Hard, but yeah, but honestly, I was put into a class that was full of um, students like me who came from like who just moved to Singapore and. And had no experience in speaking English, so in that way we were. I was surrounded by people who were on the same page as me, okay. so that made it easier for me to jump into that like only English speaking environment. Okay, I mean I've spoken to a lot of people who were you know basically taken out of Tokyo and moved to Westchester County in New York, and they were just kind of put into public school there, and they just said it was a really big struggle because. The school system itself, right, the public school system or even the private mm -hmm. school system there wasn't set up to handle it. But it sounds like wh – where where did you go for your first international school? Was that UWC? Um, no, that um, – I went to overseas family school. It's called it. OFS. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. And how long were you there? I, I was there for a while. I think four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how did you feel when you left? So, you know, in other words, after the four years that you were there, did you feel much more comfortable speaking English and studying in English and reading in English, which can get really hard, no? Right, for sure. I think the the thing that helped me um, most was that I moved to um, OFS when I was in fifth grade. So that was before middle school. And middle and international school, middle school is like the time you actually start learning like science and when you actually start learning stuff in English. So the, the fact that I had one year in elementary school to like prepare me to, to go <laughs> To middle school, that helped me a lot. So, and then in middle school, I became more confident in English. And then moving to UWC, I think that was like a good, um, like step for me to move to UWC. Yeah, and I always ask this, right? Like, are your parents really international people, right? Like, does your dad speak mm -hmm. English? Your mom speak English, or? Yeah, actually, my dad speaks um, German, English, and Japanese. So, like, right. and my mom. Also, because they live there, so yeah. In that sense, I guess they are open to, um, a, yeah, international. Yeah, um, I mean, it just it just makes it easier, right? Because that means when you come home and you're kind of maybe frustrated, or I don't want to use the word complaining because twelve year olds don't mm. generally complain, or you know, ten year olds, mm. but they at least understand the context, right? It makes it easier because if right. they didn't, they would just be like, "This is not that hard. Just go study," kind of thing. Right. Yeah, and also I think that. One thing that they were more understanding of is because I have two older siblings. They oh. went through that. So, like, they were the ones who were put into, like, the international school environment <laughs> before me. So, I mean, they kind of know what's like. So, they were more understanding when I was going through that, I think. Yeah, by the time it got to number three, they were just like, okay, we know what's coming at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in that sense, you were a little bit fortunate, right? I don't like to use the word lucky, but fortunate for sure. For sure, yeah, for sure. So, and how many years were you at UWC? I was only there for two years, so I did my IGCSEs there. Oh, okay. And then you moved to Bangkok after that? Yeah. So, can I ask you this? I moved, I was a freshman and sophomore in one town in the United States, in one state, and then I moved to a completely different state, a completely different kind of mm -hmm. town, a completely different high school as a mm -hmm. junior, and then graduated there as a senior. So, kind of similar to what you did, right? Yeah. What was that yeah. like for you? I can tell you what it was like for me. It was pretty shitty. <laughs> I thought because I was moving within Southeast Asia, I thought I would adjust to a new environment very quickly. And also considering I moved to school a lot in Singapore, yeah, I thought enough. I was I was used to, like I could get used to um, the new environment in Thailand. But actually, um, I had a pretty hard time get it, settling in. Um, I think... Yeah, it was only senior year where I started to to feel like, oh, I'm finally settling in and enjoying my life there. So, what was the what was the hardest part about the transition? Hardest part, I think, one of them was language. Really? And, I yes, I think so. And also, and also, um, well, because in Singapore, everyone. Um, when you're in public, everyone can speak English. Whereas when I moved to Thailand, it was not the case. And I think... Uh, yeah. You mean just in your regular life, not at school, right. but just like in your regular right. life. Yeah, so walking around the right. city and stuff. Sure, in Singapore, everybody, the whole country speaks English, basically, right? Right. But also, um, 
school life or um, like my um, UWC and NIST were pretty different. Really? Yeah. In oh. terms of in, yeah, in terms of size, I think NIST was a lot smaller and and um, a lot of people have been at NIST for a very long time. Whereas yeah. coming for the last two years, I um, there weren't many people going in and out, um, which I found was it was kind of strange if, being because in Singapore when you're in international school, there's so many people going in and out and there's always new people coming. But whereas for NIST, I, I thought a lot of people have been living in Thailand or have been at NIST for a really long time. So that was something really new for me. Right. So NIST actually ends up being a really interesting place, particularly because it's right inside the city. And here's the thing is that there's a, I would say, and I don't know what the number is, right, but there's a certain percentage of kids that go to NIST from like the first year they can and graduate at the end of the IB program. Right. And they're local kids whose parents want them to be an international school, whether they're, you know, Indian Thai or Chinese Thai or mm -hmm. Thai Thai. It doesn't really matter. There's just a population of kids that goes through the whole school. So there's less, I like to use the word transience, right? Kids coming mm -hmm. in, kids going out. So this is, it's interesting you mentioned this, right? Because this mm -hmm. is the exact same problem that I encountered when I changed high schools as a junior. You know, my, I remember my first day in homeroom and everybody was talking about what they did over the summer. Mm -hmm. And I was completely uninvolved and uninitiated, right? Because I didn't know anybody. Right, yeah. It just felt weird to me. Did you yeah. have that? You know what I mean? We're like, you're sitting in class yeah. and kids are like, hey, remember in year eight when we did this? And you're like, no, yeah. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I think I I faced like similar situations when I um when I first moved to NIST for sure. Yeah. So when you were in school, did you do extracurricular activities? Because the one thing that I found that was really powerful for me was I played sports, right? So I played soccer. And once I got on the soccer team and people saw that I was competent, I wouldn't say I was great, although I was pretty good. But once people saw that I was competent, then they kind of accepted me in and they were like, Hey, where are you from again? And what, what were you doing? And why did you move here and stuff like that? Did you have an, a, a thing that you participated in that kind of made you part of the group or part of the team? Yeah, actually, same with me. Sports really, really helped me in terms of making friends, getting to know people from different ear levels. Um, I was involved in three different sports. What were they? Um, um, football, touch rugby, and softball. Oh, you played touch. So... Um, yeah, I did. Did you travel so, as well? Yeah, did, you do C did you do CSAC and stuff? So you traveled across the region yes. where you played? Yes, I did. And did you ever go yeah. back to UWC in Singapore and play those guys? <laughs> Actually, I didn't. Sadly, there was no Singapore CSAC during my two years at NIST, so no. <laughs> Interesting, because the touch team, the touch rugby team was just in Singapore. Yes. I heard. Uh, I saw all the pictures, and I it was so nostalgic. I was like, I want to be there. <laughs> I want to play again. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty impressed, actually. Tanglin has really good facilities. I mean, I'm sure all the schools in Singapore do, but it was really cool. Mm. Yeah. So, and now you you graduated, right? Did you graduate through the IB program? Yes, I did. You did. Good for you. That's a it's a great program, right? <laughs> thank you <laughs> but don't you think I mean I think it's a great I'm jealous it's like the one thing I'm envious of because I wish I could have as a kid gone through that I think I'd be different today than I am now yeah for sure the, I think I will never forget the IV days 
Um, it was tough, but I think I learned so much through that program that I'm thankful for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are kind of two levels of learning, right? One is you just learn how to study and how to learn and how to figure stuff out. Yeah. But the second thing is you just learn about your own intestinal fortitude, right? How hard am I willing to work to actually get stuff done? How dedicated am I right. to actually doing this? Right. Who who am I? It's your first real choice of like figuring out who you are, no? Right. Yeah, for sure. It feels like really good prep for school, meaning for university, yeah? Right. Yeah, especially because I was doing sport. I really um, – I – really gained the skill of balancing my life um, in terms of like extracurricular, social life, and also academics, because obviously um, academics came first, but also taking care of your mental health and like taking care of yourself. I, I think that was something that I gained through IB and like that is helping me at uni right now. So, Okay. Before yeah. we talk about university, you just mentioned a couple of words that are really interesting to me, and I want to touch on it if you're willing to, and that is mental health, right? A lot of people right. that I talk to, particularly as they're, you know, one, because you transitioned from UWC to NIST, which is hard, right? And you switched right. schools a bunch of times, which I did, and I remember it was hard as well. Right. What is this, when you when you brought up mental health, can you tell me why? Like, did you talk to other students about it? Do other students talk to you about it? Like, what does that mean to you? I think, I think I know that a lot of people go through, but it's just not talked about enough. I am very sometimes become very passionate about because I feel like every even if it's not as serious as people say, like people a lot of people die from mental health every year. I feel like everyone goes through a hard time that we don't really recognize or we no one really talks about. Bring it in. Um, bring it up. So I, I think, like, I know I struggled a lot when I first um, moved to Thailand, but thankfully I had a very supportive family right. who understood me and who very, who was, who were very like encouraging and were always there um, to support. So is that like, I want to be there for people who are struggling, but may not have that support. So in terms of that, I'm very, um, like, interested in, or not interested, but, like, I'm very passionate about uh, the the mental aspect of life. Yeah, I think it's really important. You just need, you know, I like to say no one succeeds alone, but I think that nobody lives alone really well either, right? And I think everyone needs someone to lean on, if that if you understand what that means. For sure. And you were fortunate, again, to be able to kind of lean on your family because they understood, but there must be plenty of people out there, plenty of kids out there who don't have their family to lean on either a, because they're too busy or B because they just don't understand maybe the stress or the pressure that their kids yeah. are under or their brothers and sisters are under. Right. Did your older siblings also switch schools a lot? in other words, did they, or were you in, were you in NIST alone? So your older siblings yes. did not. Um, so I, when I was living in Thailand, I was the only child because um, they were at university overseas. Yeah. Got it. And where did they go to school? Uh, for university? Yeah. Well, my brother went back to um, university in Japan, and my sister went to university in Canada. Oh, wow. So just like all over the world. Yes. <laughs> your, your parents must be super proud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what was that process like for you 
two questions really like one just figuring out where you wanted to go mm. right and and two like how did you end up in the uk you're in the uk yeah right i am in the uk right now okay so how did like what was that process like for you easy hard were you confident you were going to get in somewhere good and then why did you end up in the uk as opposed to in the rest of europe in japan where you, you know your sibling was, right. or in the united states or in canada so i think it goes back to having a hard transition during the last two years of um, the, moving to Bangkok. I, my actually my I wasn't doing as well in academics in so when I first moved to Bangkok. So with with that on top of that, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and and I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. Like I my siblings. When, um, well, my brother went back to Japan, my sister went to Canada, but I didn't know where I wanted to, to, to go or what I wanted to do. So I just, I just remember, um, like I was lost at the end of year 12. Like, I, I don't know, everyone has their future figured out, but there's me, like, <laughs> I have no idea what I want to do, where I want to go. But through like, um, research and like talking to people, I found that, um, UK has three-year bachelor program, oh. and and that's the yeah my course um, right now is three years and and then if I um, stay in um, in England to do a master's after my bachelor I can get my master in one year so that was kind of like what attracted me to apply right. um, and that um, to to come to England really got it and can I ask you this question too so your brother went back to Japan right. Yeah. But it's not really back either, right? Because he didn't live there for a lot of his life, right? Actually, um, he lived in Germany until he was eight, but he spent his early, um, early years in Japan, and, and he only moved to Singapore when he was in maybe grade 10 or grade 11. So for him, it wasn't there wasn't much of a choice for him to go to university overseas because because he couldn't he like with him he couldn't he didn't do the ib and it. it wasn't yeah so it's kind of the opposite of you then right in other words for you it right. just would have been more difficult or just more you know logistically difficult for you to get into and graduate from a university in japan but for him that was just the natural choice right right yeah so you left Japan when you were eight years old. I always want to ask, like, are you a Japanese speaker today, comfortably? Yes, I speak Japanese at home, um, and I took Japanese a higher level in you did. IB. So yes, I I do try to keep up my Japanese. Like when I'm at university, I I try my best to keep up with my kanji. <laughs> hmm, that's the hardest part, right? I mean, the yeah. reading and the writing is just the hardest part for sure. For sure, yeah. It's hard for me. Um, so let's talk about that transition from high school into university as well right again you'd never lived in the UK everybody there talks with a funny accent in a way (laughs) that's a joke that's a joke Um, they must think you're American at some level right yes uh, (laughs) I again I thought oh because I moved I had I had to move between high school I I would be somehow like used to get used to moving around and you know it might, I might have a easier transition to university right. but I, actually in my case it wasn't I actually had a pretty hard time getting 
used to the UK culture or just getting used to university life in general. Um, yeah, over, like you said, like people um, have different humor, like different slangs that I didn't like I didn't understand. So when I would be sitting with a bunch of um, the local uh, UK kids here, um, I would be so lost. So yeah. that's that was like my first month at uni. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird, right? So I worked with a lot of people from England and from London when I worked at Morgan Stanley in Tokyo, right? And, and I worked with people from Wales and from Ireland and stuff like that. So different right. than England, but still part of the United Kingdom, yeah. Right. And it just took me a long time to figure out what they were talking about. Like, it was fascinating <laughs> to me that we were both speaking English, and yet we just right. had no idea yeah. what the other person was saying. Yes. It was really funny, because I, I, I was talking to um, this local British girl, and she just, like, looked into my eyes, and she said, I can't pinpoint where your accent is from. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I just said, yeah, I think it's international accent. I don't really know where my accent is coming from either. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Because even NIST is not an American school and UWC is definitely not an American school. It's not no. the British school for sure, but it's definitely not U.S. And the curriculum right. is not U.S. based at all, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think this whole international school life is really interesting Right. In a way, like I like to say, I feel like a third culture adult because mm. kind of like you, you know, I grew up in the United States, but I didn't live. I lived my entire adult life in like another country. Right. Yeah. Right? So kind of like you, like now you're in the UK, you, you know, you left Japan when you were eight. So now you're what, 19? I don't know how old you I'm are. I'm 19. Yeah. yeah. So 11 years you haven't lived there. So more than half your life, you've now lived outside of what's nominally your home country, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And that loops back to the question I asked at the beginning of where you are from. And I don't think your generation really has an answer to that question. And neither right. do I. Yeah. <laughs> neither do I. Because for more than half of my life, I've lived outside of my home country. And I think it makes me a, a really different, I don't like to use the word interesting about myself, but a really different person than people expect me to be. Do you get that as well? Or like people look at you and they hear your name and they think, okay, here's a sort of typically Japanese person. And yet, you're kind of not that, yeah? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people's expectations about who you are and the actual person that you are could be two completely different things. I know that's true for me, for sure. Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, yeah, like, at this point, like, my home is where my family is because right. we've just been everywhere. So, yeah. And do your parents still live in Thailand? Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. Okay, so your dad has not, or your mom has not been sent somewhere else. So, and what are you, um, what are you studying? I'm currently studying um, geography. Okay, that's cool. And and now, what what year are you in now? I'm in my first year. Oh my God! So you're still in your first year, your second semester, or whatever they call it in in England. You're in your the second <laughs> part of your first year, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Term two. Term two. And have you settled in kind of better? Do you feel more comfortable now after? Yes, I think I'm feeling a lot um, comfortable here for sure. And I think now that like I'm starting to enjoy my course and have a group of friends, like it has definitely made me feel um, like my um, exeter, like my home, which is really nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, and look, that's one of the benefits of moving around a lot is that once you do adapt, like you said, just where wherever you are kind of becomes your home, right? I mean, I know where right. your family is is important, but that was a thing that I kind of learned over time too is that once I kind of put down my stakes, right, that that's where I was, that always felt like my home, and that was important to me. Right, yeah. Yeah. And do you think – so – this transformation that you've taken place, like when you look, look at other students that are in year 12 and year 13, like what are the types of things that you would tell them that would make their transition easier, you think? Um, going into university or? Yeah, or just the transition because now you're like, is it dorm life where you are? Is it um, group living? Do you live in an apartment? Because that's tricky too, right? In other words, you've never lived on your own, right, before this year. Yes, so it really – it really depends like who you end up with in a dorm, for example, um, or, and, and I, I think that, um, I just like want them to know that it takes time to find your people. Yeah. And that's something I learned moving from moving around a lot. It's, it will like, it will, you need to try out really like a lot of things to really find out where you've, not fit in, but where you like find your own people, uh, your people, and like who you get along with. I think, I think one part that I struggled a lot in the beginning was that I was very rushing, trying to make a lot of friends, trying to find my like my own people. But I don't think that's gonna happen quickly. If you rush it, then um, you might start, you might feel lonely, and you might start having these negative thoughts. But it just you. I think those things comes with time. So. When you move, like, just know that, um, like, it might take a while to, you know, get used to and find your friends. Yeah, I like this term you use, finding your people. I, I convinced myself after my first couple of school moves that um, I, I had this phrase that I made up was that there's always somebody there for you. Like, no matter right. where you go, that as long as you find that those people, like, I, and I use that, like, there's always somebody there. And I just kept telling myself that. So when I moved into a new situation new school even when I went to college I just was like very slowly just trying to find out who those people were there that were there for me it's I think it's really good advice though right right for sure yeah but you feel more comfy now yeah yeah <laughs> and are your is your brother and your sister still in school no um they're both working now oh my god yeah. they graduate and did your brother stay in Japan to work yes he did yeah wow and how about your sister um, yeah, she went back, she's going back to Japan to work now, so, yeah. Wow, and what do they do? Um, my brother works for, um, and for business-related, um, something business. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and my sister also, she, her as well, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Not very, your, yeah. Your parents must be super proud. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. feel any do you feel any pressure from them that like when you're done you're going to have to move back to Japan and work there? Actually not not really. I think my parents are very open to whatever we want to pursue. I think um yeah, like I think they'll be supportive of anything. And do you plan yeah. to go on and do you plan to go on to get a master's degree it was something that you mentioned earlier? Um, that's my plan for now, but I'm still trying to figure out what I want to pursue, so I'm not sure yet. <laughs> so can I ask you this? Because you said, you know, when you were in year 12 and maybe as you moved into year 13, you thought like you felt like everybody else kind of had it figured out. 
right? Mm. That you were the not the only one, but like one of a few people that were still trying to struggle to figure out where you wanted to go, and what you wanted to do. Do you think that that was really true? Or do you think that maybe some of the people were just kind of not pretending, but just kind of hoping that they knew what they wanted to do? And do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like it's your, your passion and your interest can change so quickly. And so, and it, and also like, I, I might be like a pressure that they get from other people also. So I, I feel like I know it, for me, when I was in that situation, I felt like everyone had to figure out, but I think, I think there were people who I just didn't notice, but are also struggling to find out. And I think that's why like people go to liberal arts college and I, I like try to figure out what they might want to do. Right. I mean, that's what I, that's what I did. I think it's almost impossible for an 18 year old or a 19 year old to know what they want to do when they're 65. Do you know what I mean? Like, how could you possibly know since you haven't been exposed to all the possibilities yet? Right. Yeah. And I think somebody should tell you that at school, like, Hey, don't worry about it. Leave a broad swath, right? So you can try to figure out what you really want to do. I don't know. I do think that that transition is actually a lot trickier than most people give it credit for. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, look, this has been a really great conversation, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I think when people listen to it, they'll understand like a whole bunch of other things about the potential transitional issues that they're going to have as well, and I think that's really cool. Right. Thank you, Chia. Right. Thank you so much.